Hey, podcast world. We are here in Waco, Texas today. I'm here all by my lonesome because we are in the middle of getting ready for Dorian, whether it comes or not. Today, it's right near Puerto Rico, uh, apparently, seemingly on its way to Florida. By the time you all hear this, we'll know the, the, the answer to that question. Where exactly did it go anyways? Well, we'll find that out. But one thing we know for sure, and that is, is that we have a guest on today from a category of people that we've never had on before, and that's Mr. Mark Brading from Strategy Meets Action, a partner at Strategy Meets Action, which is a really cool and exciting company in the insurance industry that helps insurers, insurtechs, and other companies in the insurance ecosystem to plan out their strategy for the future and where it is and where it's going and where should they be or if they have an idea about where they're going how to get there they're deep into research and study of the industry and where it's going and mark specializes in particular uh, among a few categories in the insurtech side of things and has a real good knowledge of it in fact uh, he'll say during the interview that they track 1,500 different insure techs out there. And as we're, we're learning in our podcast, 1,500 insure techs isn't even nearly all of them. So it's a big dynamic space that's evolving. And having somebody like Mark on helps us to not only understand it uh, at a high level, but also understand how it, how it can all come together in a way that's usable for the carrier uh, and for the insure tech as well. So uh, without uh, further ado, we'll get into our interview with Mark, and it's just me today. And uh, so here we are, our interview with Mr. Mark Brading from Strategy Meets Action. Hi, everybody. We are here today with a really special guest, um, a somewhat of a celebrity in the strategy sphere of our businesses. And that is Mr. Mark Brading from Strategy Meets Action. How are you doing, Mark? Great. I'm glad to join you today. Good, good. Where are you? I am in Columbus, Ohio, uh, in my home office um, on a beautiful day. That's nice. Better Columbus, Ohio than maybe Florida. We're all waiting for Dorian um, as we make this recording today. So, uh, um, do you have any involvement in catastrophe work? Well, like a lot of other areas of the insurance business, we do uh, advisory and strategy type work with insurers. And so we, we work a lot with claim organizations, uh, both personal lines and commercial lines. Um, you know, we don't get involved, at, you know, on the ground um, you sure. know, when things are happening, but uh, we try to help them do their, their planning and think through the technologies uh, and the processes and the systems that uh, that they should be putting in place um, to to respond well. Great. That kind of leads right into um, what I want to talk about first. And you're a partner at Strategy Meets Action. Can you tell us a little about your company? Sure. We're an 11 year old firm. We work exclusively in the property casualty space in North America. We are an advisory and strategy firm. We do foundational research on the business and technology strategies that insurers are um, uh, undertaking and where they're spending money and those kinds of things. But then we use that to 
to help them think through, um, you know, to gain clarity on uh, their strategy, because it is a very exciting time in the industry, but it's also very confusing. There's so much going on. There's so many opportunities. So we help them to to filter and align to their strategies and to to prioritize where they should be investing. Sure. I can completely understand how a service like yours would be uh, integral at a time like this in our industry when there's so much change going on. Tell us about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Sure. So I've been around the insurance industry uh, for 35 years or so, spent uh, most of my career at IBM. 25 years, I was the global strategist for uh, insurance for IBM. So I worked with a lot of insurance companies around the world on their strategies and plans. And uh, now as a partner with SMA, I lead our research. And uh, I've always been a futurist, so I've always followed you know, new technology uh, and, and been thinking about what that means for the insurance industry and thinking about the, the possibilities for change, for transformation. Uh, and so I do a lot of that at, at SMA. We've been doing a lot of scenario planning where companies are very interested now. Carriers are interested in what's my business going to be like in 10 years? Sure. And what does that mean for me? And what kinds of things do I need to start doing even in the next couple of years to prepare for all this transformation that's underway? I would think that at the C-level in these organizations, that has to be a question you're getting a lot. It is. And we work, we do work a lot at the C-level. And so, it, of course, companies have always done longer-term strategic planning, but I think it's really coming to the fore these days because there is a recognition that this is like no other time in history for the insurance industry. And right. it's very difficult to, to understand where things are going to be, even in a few years with all the change going on. So are you thinking 2022 or are you thinking 2029? The answer to that is yes. Uh, so, so both. And one of the strengths of SMA is that, you know, we are futurists. We are thought leaders. We help companies think about the possibilities of the future. Uh, but we're also, we've been in the business. We're pragmatic. We understand, you know, insurance operations, you know, at the underwriting claims level, distribution, et cetera. So we try to be practical in helping insurers think through their plans, their achievable plans over the next couple of years. It's not just a kind of blue sky. Hey, there's a lot of interesting things going on. Right. Is it a little bit easier to see 2022 than 2029 or the opposite? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, it brings to mind Bill Gates' quote, right, about right, how, right. right, about overestimating, you know, ten years out, but underestimating two years out, right? There's a lot that's going to happen, right? Even in the next couple of years, I think that we need to we need to consider. Uh, so we look at both, right, and 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 kind of consider roadmaps, right? Uh, what what does a roadmap look like over the next few years, and and how do you you know, how do you build a, an organization that is agile and adaptable, you know, so that you can respond to changes that are happening? Because again, no, none of us can predict exactly what's going to be like even two years from now. Right. You know, we work in the claims space and mostly provide services to carriers. And everybody's very interested about what's going on and what form it's going to take. But as we know, carriers ha have changed, historically changed at a slow pace. 
do you find that that's still the case? Do you, is, is the pace quickening? Are they forced into that? Are they resisting that? What are you finding from where you sit? I think the pace is definitely quickening. It, it is a challenge for the industry. I mean, you, you can you can cite all kinds of ways that our industry is more complex maybe than some other industries, but it ends up being an excuse, right? Because what's really driving a lot of the change is, you know, what customers expect and what's happening in the external world. You know, we're in a we're in a digital mobile world. Um, you know, where everything is getting connected to the internet, everything that insurers insure is getting connected, right? And having real-time data streaming in about it. So it's all these things going on outside of the industry that really are, are a catalyst for change. And so I think the good news is that five years ago, let's say, uh, and our research shows this, right? Five years ago, 10 years ago, Senior insurance executives were more resistant to change. They didn't want to hear the word transformation or innovation. Were not really not wanting to admit that uh, they had to, to change rapidly. Uh, I don't think that's the case anymore. I think most senior management teams recognize all these forces at work, and they see what some of their competitors are doing, and so they're trying to move faster. I think they are moving faster. But, you know, the pace continues to quicken. We're very interested in innovation teams and innovation groups inside of carriers. Do you find yourself working with those teams often? Yes, absolutely. And we've tracked the evolution of innovation in insurance over the last decade or so, right? Uh, The trickle in the early years with, you know, some of the big firms innovating, you know, in, in a formal way. Uh, to the point where in 2019, our research shows that nine out of 10 uh, PNC companies say they have significant formal innovation initiatives underway. So we work with a lot of those groups and they take different forms, um, you know, but there, there is a, a sincere movement, um, you know, driven at this from the sea level to, to really rethink insurance and you know, try to try to innovate. Sure. And what I think that we're, we're seeing and we're going to be seeing more and more are literally innovation departments inside of organizations that are not only driving, but managing a lot of change. Do you see that happening? Well, what we've actually seen is that separate innovation organizations were more of a first wave. You know, there would be a, an executive or an innovation leader named uh, with some folks that were, were charged with thinking about how to be innovative, talking to insure techs, maybe running some POCs, and then bringing that into the business. And what we've seen happen is that in, in many cases, even though those groups did terrific work and found great ideas and, and, and options, uh, it became hard to integrate that into the mainstream strategy in the plans. And so we're actually seeing more of a blended model where the successful companies are trying to create more of a culture of innovation and figure out, you know, how you embed innovation in the midst of uh, your strategies and in every department, right? So that there's innovation in claims and you get people thinking about how to do things differently. Now you may have some folks that, you know, are, are evangelists uh, or mentors that help support it across the organization, but, 
we think it's more successful when you can get to that stage uh, where it's more of a just an, a, a normal way of doing business. So we're interested at our podcast in InsureTech specifically. Uh, what brought us there was our using various InsureTech tools on the claim side in our work and in our process. And that's one of the reasons that I find what you do so interesting. One of the things that we've learned about the InsureTech world is it's vast. There's so much going on in so many different areas and categories of product and technology. Talk for a minute about <laughs> what, what it is that you're doing with strategy and insure tech. And I, I don't even know where you'd start in bringing it all together. Sure. So um, there's a couple of different levels. There's, there's, there's a level of education, right? We just need to understand, you know, who are the new um, entrants out in the marketplace? What are they doing? Which ones are most relevant for us? Uh, that's one level, but but the, the, the and there there's a lot of sources to get that kind of information. Kind of shopping and analyzing what's out there. Yeah, just you know, just reading about, learning, you know, identifying who the companies are, even and 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 what area of the business they focus on. Uh, are they only you know in small commercial distribution, or do they focus on uh, auto claims or what, whatever se sector of the business? Even just that level of sort is going on, but I think more importantly, at the at the strategy level, at this in the C-suite, kinds of conversations we have are around how do you align these new ideas and new technologies and new companies? How do you incorporate that into your mainstream strategy? So, you know, should you should you be partnering with some of these companies? Should you invest? Right. Uh, we have a number of our clients and, and many insurers that have have either formal uh, venture capital arms or informal investments, you know, in some of these companies so that they can, you know, a they can maybe make have a return, but b learn. Right. And bring some of that right. learning into the enterprise. Should should you should you buy one of these companies and just bring it in for competitive advantage because they have some unique capabilities that fit your model? Um, mm -hmm. So, and, and then you get into the questions of, well, how do we organize to, um, to work with in these, these startups, right? Because there's a different culture, a different urgency, a different way that they do things than we're used to inside of our insurance enterprise, right? How much money should we spend? What kind of talent do we need? How do, how do we integrate it with our strategy so that it's not just some interesting POCs that we do off in the corner, but it's actually something we're going to roll into our business and get, you know, business value. It's going to have measurable impact on our, on our metrics. So there's a lot of those kinds of strategy questions that I think many are working through right now. But I would think you have to start with, you know, the old Covey thing that you have to start with the end in mind that they have, they, they start by saying, here's a problem that we have. How do we form a strategy around it and solve it? Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly what we do, right? Because it's, it's really easy to get enamored with uh, many of these companies that are out in the marketplace. And there, there's lots of innovation going on. There's lots of really interesting solutions out there in the marketplace. And, and by the way, sometimes it's confusing. It's not even always clear what exactly do these folks do, right? And how could they help? Right. But, right. But, right. Um, but we try to bring it back into, all right, well, but what's 
what's your business model? What's your strategy, right? Um, where are your pain points? If it's commercial lines, mid-market underwriting that you really have to solve and do things better, right? In terms of risk selection and, and the process and whatever, then that, then there's there's a set of companies that might help you there. If it's work comp claims, uh, there's a set of companies that you know might might help you there, right? And if you narrow it down, if it's work comp claims litigation uh, management, there's you know so so we try to to really think it through from their standpoint, help them to align you know some opportunities that are out there, and then sometimes it's if their growth strategy is to get into some new spaces, it might be partnering with some insure techs that don't align to what they're currently doing, but what they want to do in the future. Interesting. So what are some of the solutions that are out there? Some of the areas or general categories that are real interesting today to you? Well, I mean, let's talk about claims since I know that's, you know, your, your focus and your audience uh, area. So there are certainly those that, that focus on automation Right, the you know kind of snapshot to the world that help you to improve processes and and streamline the way things are are, are done in a digital manner. Um, there are others, of course, you know, big focus area always is fraud. So you have you know Shift and Fris and others out there that uh, you know have machine learning capabilities and, and solutions that focus specifically on various types of, of fraud. Mm-hmm. You know, you have. Uh, you know, really interesting technologies being applied to damage assessment to use AI for more automated damage assessment uh, kind of capabilities. Uh, of course, you've got, you know, many in the aerial imagery space, you know, whether it's on-demand drones or whether it's satellite or fixed-wing aircraft imagery, applying uh, machine learning to that, uh, get more insights in more real time on what's happening with a cat, for instance. So there's the even just looking at the claim space, there's there's a lot of different categories of um, of capabilities, and there's and then there's all there's quite a few that are doing the do-it-yourself FNOL kinds of things, where you get the the homeowner or the business owner to report their their damage and walk through the property or whatever it might be, and 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 submit the an, an FOL along with some pictures and video and, and audio. Uh, so just many, many areas just in the claim space. Right. And we're seeing all of them being tested, piloted, and even implemented, although it's complicated. And and this gets kind of gets back to the question of, uh, are things going to change more in the next two years or in the next 10 years? I think the question was, things will change less in the next few years than we expect and more in the next 10 years than we expect. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're going to see continual change. And we already see lots of very interesting point examples where you see an insurer that's doing something that's, you know, wow, that's really, that's different, right? I mean, who, who would have thought that, you know, that Allstate would, would say, we're going to eliminate all our driving claim centers across the country. Right. Correct. Um, you know, and you start to look at things like that that are kind of watershed things and you, you do see that things are changing. But I think you're correct in saying, I mean, we're going to wake up in, I don't think it's even 10 years, maybe five to seven years and say, wow, things are very different. And I always believe, you know, that claims is arguably the, arguably the most complex area of the insurance business. You know, it's a big ecosystem. There's lots of opportunities and I think that claims will change more than any other area of the business over the next decade. 
Really? Why? Well, I think because of um, I think because of the the Internet of Things and machine learning. Uh, I, I just think that when you have information available uh, about the vehicle, about the property, about the person, about the farm, whatever it is, because there's devices connected everywhere. I think for one thing, we have the ability as an industry to be more proactive in helping to to uh, eliminate accidents and incidents, or at least mitigate if, if something happens. Uh, it gives us the ability to respond in different ways and respond more quickly. And it gives us a lot more insight into what happened when there is an accident. Uh, and, and there's new players coming into the ecosystem. It's not just these insure tech technology solutions, um, but you know, you start to look at uh, the, the the evolution of the vehicle. And I'm not talking about when we're 20 years down the road and every vehicle is, is autonomous. Right. I'm talking about all the technology being built in even now and over the next sure. decade, right? So you start looking at what that means to the claims environment, right? And And who even gets involved, even who's you know, which parties are liable and who's going to actually take responsibility and, and, and respond uh, to claims. So there, I just think there's a lot of very interesting questions and possibilities around the whole claims environment for, you know, for every line of business in PNC. Where else do you see innovation making a, a big impact across the insurance enterprise? Well, there's certainly a lot happening in the distribution space. There's a lot of new digital distribution players, new MGAs that, that are in place in, in various lines, you know. Like the hippos of the world? Hip, the hippos of the world, yeah, the cover hounds of the world. I mean, there, there, there are many, many, many companies out there. Um, around uh, almost a third of all the 1,500 or so insurtechs that we track have something to do with the distribution space, right? Uh, and, and some of them, by the way, are providing technology solutions for agents and brokers or connectivity solutions between agents and carriers. They're not all, you know, trying to disrupt or replace the current distribution model. So there's a lot happening there. There's a lot happening in the underwriting space, again, across lines. That'd be probably the three biggest areas, distribution, underwriting, um, and, and claims, I'd say. So InsureTech Connect is coming up in a month or so. I assume you'll be there. Yes, absolutely. And what's exciting about that for you? It's just exciting to see so many people, for one thing, all energized about transforming our industry. Mm -hmm. There's a palpable level of excitement. Every year I go, I have you know 50 meetings within two days and learn a lot about what's happening and get new perspectives. Uh, so so I, I just think it's... Um, I, th I think it's a very positive, good thing for the industry, you know, and a, a good development. Yeah, I went for the first time last year, and I had to keep pinching myself that I'm at an insurance conference. Yeah, it has a different feel than, you know, some of the more traditional insurance events, for sure. I would say so. So uh, just to get back to SMA for a minute, are your customers primarily carriers? Our customers are, are actually many different players in the ecosystem. So, you know, we work across the size spectrum and across lines of business with insurance carriers for sure, right? 
Uh, we work uh, across the whole landscape of technology, whether it's the core system vendors like the Guidewires or the Insurities of the World, or we work with insure techs that are in uh, aerial imagery and in fraud and in other places. Mm-hmm. You know, we work with Highland Lawn Base, right, that, that does, you know, workflow and, and, and uh, those kinds of things. So um, we work there. And then, you know, with industry associations, with the uh, venture capital world, uh, big brokers and MGAs. So it, it's really the whole ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Cool. What do you find yourself saying to insure techs frequent, frequently? Calm down. This is the insurance industry. Takes a while. Be patient. No, I, I wouldn't say that so much. I, I would say in the earlier years, um, you know, I would frequently hear companies, uh, you know, talking about disruption and that, uh, you know, being having a pretty negative view of the industry. But I think there's been more maturity uh, and there's a lot of seasoned veterans, insurance veterans that have joined the movement as well. So I think now our, our big message is just around partnering, right? And, and then around finding the right path in, you know, the right folks to sponsor uh, your, your involvement with an insurer. But, um, you know, less on the disruption message, although there certainly is that occurring and just more on the, the, the joint opportunities for everybody to, you know, to, to help advance the industry. Let's just conclude by talking about partnering for a minute. Share with us what you mean by that. It's, of course, obvious, but I think it's more nuanced than that when you talk about partnering and uh, what that means for both sides of the equation. Yeah, what I mean is is um, for insurers and insured tech companies not to think of it as a traditional you know, vendor relationship. Many times the... Uh, Insure tech, you know, they're they're entrepreneurial. They have a great idea. They have a great platform. You know, they have they're highly energetic. They're they're they have this urgency about them, right? They're risk taking, uh, which is which is not necessarily the characteristics you you would use to describe the the average insurer. But what we see is it works well where the insurer is willing to take on a mentoring role, you know, and and really working together to solve a problem, not just. Do you have a widget that's going to fit into my my enterprise, right? You know, trying to really create something new and different, and 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 the insurer is helping the insure tech to advance, and the insure tech is helping the insurer to maybe gain some some first mover type advantage. Is that where you see some of the corporate venture arms coming in as well? Yes, absolutely, and it's not even just the big companies. You know, you have you've got smaller companies that are are. Uh, you know, creating arms or venture investing in insure tech movement, uh, and I think they they see the opportunities there to to mentor, to learn, to understand um, you know maybe technologies or, or solution areas or new business models before others, right? So it's it's a good approach. Well, listen, we are real grateful for you to share some time today. We know that your time is tight and very valuable, and so we're honored that you would. Uh, you'd uh, make time for us in our little podcast that's out there about InsureTech. And so we'll look forward to seeing you at ITC and, uh, and thank you again for joining us. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks very much, Rob. Well, that's a new category for us. We haven't had a futurist on before. And so that was kind of cool to have Mark on, Mark Brading from SMA. A, a certified futurist, somebody who's out there thinking about 10, 15, probably 
50 years from now, there were many interesting things that he covered um, as far as where we are in the insure tech world and where it's going. And once again, we hear the same thing. And that is, is that it's hard to determine what two years is going to mean in five years and 10 years, other than one of the real things that I got out of that was that it's coming and that across most organizations, he's seeing an uh, adoption and willingness and energy about innovation and moving forward and, and implementing new tools and ideas, uh, technology ideas. And so we're, we'll look forward to that. We're thrilled to have the opportunity to talk to Mark and very grateful to have him on today and look forward to meeting him in the near future. And we thank all of you for being with us and remind you that we'd appreciate if you subscribe to our podcast and join us on a regular basis. And until next time, bye everybody. Bye.